Thanks again to Carbon Health for being our presenting sponsor. If you're a regular here, you guys know about Carbon Health. I talk about Carbon Health all of the time, and they help with things like COVID, cold and flu testing, antibiotic prescriptions for things like infections, UTIs, STDs. They have primary care services in California and Massachusetts. But if you are new here, and thank you for stopping by, by the way, and you should also know that they can help with injuries also. Most of their locations have imaging or x-ray machines so they can diagnose strains, sprains, and fractures if you unfortunately become injured. And I know, unfortunately, not everybody will be near one of their 120 locations. I get it. But they do have virtual urgent care services for states like California, New York, Florida, and several others. So thanks once again to Carbon Health. There is a link in the description for them. They're the best. They've been with us for a bit. You should be too. All right, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Nice to, uh, nice to be with you on Capes and Cows. I'm by my lonesome today. Uh, I'll explain that in just a bit. But we do have a bunch of stories here today. Don't worry, Winston and Quib will be back next week. There are some uh, a lot of interviews that Andy Muschietti is doing, man, with The Flash coming out. movie's not even out yet. He's talking about a lot of things, and he gave some spoilers. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Don't worry. But I will say that what he said about the original ending was that it, it very much connected to the DCEU and continued it on. And that's not necessarily a spoiler. It's just we all knew that with the change of James Gunn and Peter Saffron, they were nipping that in the bud. And it seems to be a, a major confirmation from Andy Muschietti that they had a lot of things planned to continue it on. Um, yeah, as far as why that movie's not tracking as well and why movies like Ant-Man, Quantumania and Shazam and Black Adam and these movies have kind of underperformed lately – it, people have been asking about the superhero fatigue. Well, the Phil, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, is that right? Chris Miller, Phil Lord? Yeah, that's right. Uh, they, they they were asked about it, and they said they don't think that the um, superhero fatigue is there. So we'll talk about that for sure. You've got a lot of other things going on, man. They had Secret secret Invasion put out a scene. I didn't watch the scene, but I'm going to talk about what, what apparently there's people, a lot, a lot of buzz behind it. I don't want to see it yet. I don't want to see anything. The show's right around the corner. So... We're gonna we'll talk about that. I mentioned yesterday's show. Superman is close to being cast. Lois being close to being cast. We'll touch on that. Same thing with Swamp Thing. And it also looks like Harvey Dent might be close to being cast for the Batman too. Two Face. If that's a, if that's the latest rumor. Um. Yeah, man. And there's some there's some other news that we can touch on for sure. And obviously, Boom is back today. So we'll get into it. It's Capes and Cowls. Me by my lonesome with you guys. So. Let's do it, everybody. I'm ready. You're ready. Cool. Welcome back, everyone, to a big thing, Capes and Cows. Christian Harloff here. Thanks for joining us. If you're brand new to the channel, by the way, you've never been here before, do me a favor and hit that button. Subscribe to the channel. Help us out. We're getting close. We just hit 80,000 subscribers. Hoping to get to 100. If you will listen to us on Apple, Spotify. I've been better about Spotify, man. I hope that you guys have been noticing. I try to upload the Spotify episodes immediately when I put the show out on the YouTubes. So I hope that you guys have been noticing that. You guys have been commenting. You guys have been liking. You guys have been helping. The show has been growing. And it's been uh, it's been because of, of you guys. 
and and how active you've been and clicking that like button every single time commenting it helps it gets people it gets the word out there so thank you so much uh, a couple things to talk about up top before we get into the news topics new york man i keep telling people we were doing live shows and they're like oh come to new york we sold 70 tickets out of about 110 come on man you, you got a you got a chance to see us live then then come see us june 23rd right around the corner and what a crew double toasted the old schmoes gang back together me and mark brett jen kate all doing it so we hope that you join us um few other things so i kept telling people about the big announcement that i have i can't give that big announcement i have some other really good ones but i can't give that one just yet it should be any day now it should be any day it was and, and depending on how today goes it might even be the end of the day today but um the announcement's coming soon and it's really exciting i put up a post on both facebook and uh and and on the youtube community page i always like to see if people can guess when i used to do that for schmodown and other things sometimes people always would pop in there and 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 guess I didn't see a lot of people getting even close to this time around, which is which is good. It'd be more of a surprise. But um, what I, what I will say is this: I saw some people going, "Oh, please don't tell me you're you're going to be moving, or you're going to change the show, or you're going to no." This this show's staying, staying as as it is. No, no no changes as far as that goes. So don't worry. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. There's going to be, but there's going to be a pretty exciting announcement that's coming right around the corner that I need to get to tell you guys about soon for a lot of, you'll know the obvious reasons when it happens, but there are some other really great new and uh, really some really great news. Um, as, as you saw in the, the live event there with it, you can get tickets at the Christian Harloff.com. If you guys aren't aware that I moved a lot of stuff to the Christian Harloff.com and you have like certain tiers that you can get there. And uh, we essentially started to act the way Patreon used to for us. We do for the website and there's certain tiers. There's, like you can do for the, the, you can do like fifteen minute sessions. It's kind of grab bag, right? You you sign up for the tier, and then you have these fifteen minute sessions, and it can be anybody from the crew. You don't know who it's going to be. And then there's another tier where you're going to get me talking to you for about a half an hour, and we can talk about movies, talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. That's available. There's watch alongs. There's all this, but we're going to add something exclusive to for the for the website coming up here, and that's this wonderful wonderful comic that. You guys have heard me talk about Wicked Art. He's just such a he's a he's just a really really good guy. Um, but he's also a very talented artist, and he made a comic book based off Capes and Cows. And so issue one and issue two is going to be done pretty soon too. But issue one is going to be exclusive to website members, and you'll be able to go and and check that out over there. Um, we're going to put some updates. PLD is going to put the updates on that pretty soon. Though you're going to get the episode one, you'll also be able to get it if you, but the website will also have it the way we do the same thing for like live events, like a la carte, you can, you can purchase the digital copy or, or even the, um, a hard copy and not be a member if you want to check it out. But it's, um, it's going to be available July 1st, July 1st, also available on July 1st. Here's a story of shoes and friends for life. They both came from the same cow who unfortunately died. That's right, shoes and beef. It's done. Uh, a lot of a lot of people worked on this one, man. I, I'm not even going to tell you who some of the voices are yet. We had great animators, both Fight and Fix and Diesel Time, working on it, working on it hard. 
Um, got uh, the great David B coming back for music. David B from uh, Schmodown and SEN. There's great music that he does. But Shoes and Beef, man, episode one. It's coming to the website as well. And that'll also be July 1st. So you can go and you can check that out. It'll be it'll be available to uh, to everybody on on the website very very soon. So I hope I mean that, I hope that's exciting. I hope that's exciting. I mean I'm I'm excited for it. Those are those are two things right there right off the bat between um, the comic book shoes and beef. So head on over to the website. You can check it out now. It's thechristianharloff.com. It's a it is a way to support the show. It's a way that a lot of people aren't weren't aware of it too. I, I told somebody the other day about the website. Oh, I didn't realize you had a site. I got to remember it's it's you know it's this thing that we do. I know I realized that over the last couple, especially this last month, we had a really big spike in subscribers and you know we just hit eighty thousand. There's a lot of people who had never heard of me, never heard of the channel in general, or didn't know that we we're doing it again. So how the hell would they know that we're doing this thing with the website? So now you know. In go to the website now you know, go to the website now you know. Uh, okay, let's get to some of these topics because we've got some good ones, some really good ones. Here's the first one. All right, so this is like a really like I'm not going to read this whole article because obviously a lot of people haven't seen the Flash yet, and I'm not going to spoil anything because this actual comic book movie article they they to, to their credit they they give a big spoiler warning and all that, but. This article itself dives into some plot points of the movie, and I am not going to do that. Um, but I'm just going to say what I pulled out of this that I thought was interesting, that Andy Muschietti has been doing a lot of um, interviews. And one of those, he talked about what the kind of original plan was. And again, not going into full detail on it, but certain characters were going to be basically push forward the DCEU Obviously created by um, or started with 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 Zack Snyder, and they had a lot of different characters that were involved in it that were going to push to it, continue it, and that's the way that they were going to they were going to make it work. And and they what they said was that the the way that the movie works now um, that there's always opportunities for characters to come in and that type of thing. And again, I'll wait for the full spoiler to really discuss it, especially once Winston and Coy are on so we can dive deep into what we think it all means and especially now knowing... We knew that there were reshoots in general. We knew that there were reshoots. Uh, so this makes sense that people didn't really kind of know what the reshoots were. We knew that there were things that... We already, already had heard that you know um, Henry Cavill was not going to be in the movie and there were rumors that he had shot scenes for it and he had shot all this stuff for it. And then he was cut out of it because they didn't want to confuse people, and and I don't know how much of that is true. I don't know if that is uh, if that's a thing that they were going to do to kind of push it forward. But confirmation coming from Andy Muschietti that they were indeed going to um, they were going to push into the DCU and continue it, and, and maybe even push into familiar. I'll just say familiar comic book angles that were there before, and I think that even um, the TV show had done. So they were the way that they were pushing it is that they were going to this thing was going to keep going on and they were going to maybe make it even bigger um and then obviously they went into a whole new direction and saffron and um and gun came on and they said no we're not we're not doing that we're not continuing that and uh i do think that there are questions i'll say this again i'm you can tell i'm kind of treading lightly because i don't i i hate i hate when people reveal stuff about the movies that 
you haven't had a chance to. It's not fair uh, to see it. So I um, I will say that I think that they handled it in a way that you still confusing, but less confusing. If that makes sense, still confusing, but less confusing. Like you can say, oh, maybe that's what this means now, and that's what they can do. But wait a minute, you know. And I think you're always going to get a but. But wait a minute with this. So maybe this is the best way. But again, it's, I'm sorry to be so cryptic, but I'm just trying to, you know, say it without spoiling anything. And also, I think it's relevant to be talked about because it, it's it's leading into these plans and it leads into this what the what the DCU is now doing, right? And one of those things that they're doing is casting a new Superman. All right, I mentioned this on yesterday's big thing. So if you saw it yesterday, apologies, but I just figured it's pretty relevant now. Um it sounds, and this is from Mark Cassidy over at Comic Book Movie, sounds like the extensive search to find the leads of Superman Legacy, it could be following, it could be coming to an end. Now, according to Deadline, the first round of in-person screen tests for Clark Kent, Superman, and Lois are expected to take place on Father's Day weekend or the Monday or Tuesday after, as DC Studios, Saffron, and Gunn, who is also writing and directing the movie, will attempt to narrow down the shortlist. Based on this report, New Superman will be one of the following actors, Nicholas Holt, David Cornsweet, or Tom Brittany. Meanwhile, Emma Mackey, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe Deniver are in the running for Lois. It's worth noting that the trades have got this kind of thing wrong in the past, so we don't know for certain that two of these six will be winding up landing their respective roles. Gunn reportedly turned in the first draft of his script before the strike, but that doesn't mean the production won't be impacted going further. Okay, so again, I don't want to spend too much time in this because I went on and I talked about it yesterday kind of at great length. Um, but my my pick, and I'm going purely off look, purely off look on, on Superman, but I guess because of what I've seen of her in, uh, in Lois, let's start with Lois, I'll go. Uh, I think that uh, Rachel Brosnahan is my pick. I think she's, and especially with Maisel ending and what she was able to do. And I don't know the other two women, don't know them. Could They could be fantastic and better, to be honest. This is just my initial reaction when seeing it. Um, I think that a little bit of recognizability for Lois is, is, is pretty good. I think unknown for Clark is pretty, I think it's crucial, to be honest with you. I think it fits the character to be more unknown. I think that that's what it is. I really hope Nicholas Holt gets cast as Lex Luthor. I really do. I just don't think I I, I don't think they need a, a person. Oh yeah, I remember that guy from this. They need to be like, who is that guy? Who's that? And maybe, you know, some people always, if you follow like David Corden Sweat's stuff and maybe you know who the hell he is. I have no idea who he is. I just think he looks like him. I don't and I don't know the other guy. I just don't think he looks like Superman at all. But I haven't seen any one of their audition tapes. Haven't seen him. So what I will say is that James Gunn is really good at casting. So if he casts Nicholas Holt, I'll go, oh, interesting. But but I guess he sees something in him. As far, I mean, besides being a great actor, that's a stupid statement. Of course, he sees something in him. But, like, you know, seeing that he's the guy, I, I think he's got a little bit more. He's played crooked really well. He's played he – could, he could get pretty insane, and I'd like to see him play Lex. But as far as I, – I think – if I'm gonna guess, if I'm gonna go to Vegas, I'm putting I'm putting some money down on Corn Sweat and, and Brosnahan being cast with a um with a Comic Con appearance at least. Whether they're announced at Comic Con, who knows? Because I think the trades will probably they're they're too trades are too, are too locked into this thing. They're gonna find out who got cast. So I think James Gunn and Saffron will be prepared for that and say, look, if we can 
uh, announced at a Comic-Con, great. But let's just prepare it on the fact that we're going to introduce them at Comic-Con. I think that's the more realistic thing. As far as the strike goes and all that, I think all these movies are going to get pushed back a little bit. And now, I still think they have enough time, Superman anyway, because if they were going to put it out, I, I know they were going to put it out in 2025. I don't know if it's coming out in summer in 2025 or in December. Um, I would assume in the summer, because I don't know if they're going to want to compete with the new Star Wars movie. If I don't know. Maybe they will. Who knows? Um, but either way, I think that's probably it. Maybe, maybe that's exactly what happens, though. Maybe it's because of the writer strike, they have no choice, and they're like, "Let's just go head to head, or go a week earlier or a week later than than Star Wars." But um, I like that casting, man. I do. I like. I like. I mean, again, look wise, it's it's when it comes down to overall casting. I think that whether it's the Suicide Squad, Guardians, any of the movies, the Suicide Squad. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Peacemaker. Um, any of these movies that um, Gunn has, has cast, he does a really good job. So uh, I'm sure we'll get some news soon. All right. All right. As I mentioned with The Flash, now I, I think The Flash is a really good movie. I think that there's the, – the, the Rotten Tomato score is a little baffling to me. I think that some people reviewed it on um, on emotion more than, than the movie itself. And then I think some people actually reviewed it because they didn't like it. I mean, gave it a bad review because they didn't like it. Um, but nonetheless, it doesn't change the fact that a lot, there's a lot of superhero movies that haven't been doing well. You know, whether it's Ant Man or Black Adam or uh, Shazam Two. Um, well, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse did pretty good, pretty good. So they they said that they don't believe that superhero fatigue is a problem. So again, Mark Cassidy. Is superhero fatigue responsible for the dip in box office takings over the years? Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse producers, writers, don't think so. Every time a Marvel or DC movie comes out and underperforms, superhero fatigue re-enters the conversation until the next film comes along and smashes the box office to pieces. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Shazam were back-to-back releases that failed to meet studio expectations and pretty much tanked completely in the latter case, but they were followed by Guardians Volume 3, which was successful, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is currently number one at the global box office. Have audiences become tired of the formula, or is it simply a case of subpar movies failing to put butts in seats? I think it's that. During an interview with Rolling Stone, writers, producers Christopher Miller and Phil Lord made their position very clear. They say, I don't believe it's superhero fatigue. I believe it's a movie that feels like a movie I've seen a dozen dozen times before fatigue. Good point. If you're using the same story structure and the same style and the same tone and the same vibe as movies and shows that have come before, it doesn't matter what genre it is, it's going to be boring to people. Lord agrees, pointing out that if the right amount of time is spent on the characters, audiences will care about the story. The audience in the theater cannot be sustained on Easter eggs and reveals or even these big, crazy multiverse stakes. They only care about the relationship between they only care about like the relationship between Rocket and Groot. So this story is rooted in parents and kids and Miles and his family. With the last movie, we showed it to some friends early on, and they were like, you have to get to like all these multiple spider people as quickly as possible. That's the exciting thing. And we are like, I don't know. I don't think so. Because the thing that everyone seems to enjoy is the quieter scenes with Miles and his mom and his dad. They can't get enough of it. And I'm so glad we stayed true to what the audience was telling us. I love that answer and it, it really does again i'm going to try to stay away from throwing shots over at um other companies but it really makes me wish that they would have done seen what they would have done with solo really do 
really would like to see what they would have done with Solo. Um, anyway, what a great answer. So true. And I think when, when Chris Carr was on, when we were talking with, uh, with Roxy and she said, because we had that conversation about superhero fatigue and she said, I think they have a, a mediocrity fatigue. And I, and that's essentially what Lord Miller just said. It's the same crap over and over again, the same formula over and over again, the same things we've seen again and again and again and emptiness. Yeah, people are going to get bored with it and people are going to go, what is that? But when it's something that moves you and it's character-driven stuff, and it, and, I, and, I, and I think the same could be said about television too. I think that that's one of the things that um, that Mandalorian Season 3 kind of suffered from where there was some really good stuff that they were kind of moving towards and and then they went away from it a little bit with uh, with just bigger, faster, more intense or whatever, or faster, whatever the hell it is. And, and I was like... Uh, you know, if you, you add a little bit more time to the development of the character, we invest. The story was there. Same thing. There's a lot of times that that happens, and it happened a lot. Like, I didn't mind Black Adam. I know a lot of people had a, a problem with that. I, I thought it was a very generic movie that, again, you've seen a million times over, but I enjoyed watching it. Um, but, again, it's one of those things where there's sometimes when people, like, if you if I talk to somebody who didn't like Inception, I, I like to have the conversation of, like, why? Like, why? How could you not like that movie? And I've ran into people like that. Um, like Ryan Satin, from who I, I remember, he hates it. And I, and we had, and I was like, well, Tom, why, why didn't you? Because I, that was, it was not, not that his opinion was wrong, but just the fact of it, it was more baffling to me because it was so unique and so different, just so unique, so different. And so is uh, the, the music and everything about that movie just it blows me away. Um, so when I, so I want to hear, like, why, why, why? When it comes to like a Black Adam, or Shazam, or any of those movies, like, yeah, it's the same crap I've seen a million times over, and it just it didn't work, and I, it, who cares? And it's like, well, yeah, I get it, because really, I didn't mind either one of those movies, but I, I agree with the criticism, and it's hilarious, because I think my, my biggest problem with Shazam 2 was was Zach Levi, who was the star of the movie, and that's a problem. I just think that he was, uh, I don't know what what age he was playing. Um, and I think that sometimes, but that goes back to like the tone of it all, I think that the, that Lord and Miller have such a grasp on those characters and telling a story that's not just spectacle, and they're not relying on the multiverse to just be a gimmick. It all it all kind of makes sense as far as making it like the Men in Black kind of organization, and yeah, it's it's uh, it it makes a lot of sense, and they, and they know it really well, by the way, too, and that that's something that they're I guess not I mean I guess humble about, right? They know that the the Spider Man universe, like inside and out, and I always I always kind of pushed back on that when people would say, "Oh, you don't need to be a big fan of this stuff in order to make it work." It's that's not necessarily untrue, but it certainly helps clearly. And I think that that's because you can you because you know what makes the character tick. It doesn't always. It doesn't always mean that it's going to make it better. I mean, look at look at uh, Tony Gilroy. He's not a massive fan of Star Wars. He's a massive fan of the Andor universe, though, and he's a massive fan of trying to develop that character inside of what makes him tick, why it works, and intricate development of character. So I do. I think that I think we're in a stage now that people want to see more than just the boom boom, pew pew, and all that kind of stuff on in in, in everything. Whether it's uh, whether it's um, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, whatever the hell it is, it's like there's it's 
give us a little bit more credit as an audience that we do want to see. We don't want to just just eat the popcorn. We want to be invested in the story. And I think it's a great, great, great answer by Lord Miller. I also think, you know, obviously it helps where they, they use the example of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a movie that's coming off of two successful films inside of a very successful franchise inside the MCU. Um, and it was a standalone episode from a lot of this stuff that's going on, and it's separate from some of these new characters that people aren't really responding to as much as they were the other ones. So it has it has that advantage, right? Spider-Man's the same thing it's, it, uh, across the Spider-Verse. It, it's coming off an award-winning first movie that everyone loved and it's very very successful not connected to really anything else so it's got a it it has that advantage the first Shazam did okay it did okay it didn't do like great it did okay so connected to a universe that's not really moving or anything happening with it at the moment exactly why it's not really a massive star um you got the you got Black Adam which is um the rock big star but nobody really knew kind of the character of Black Adam kind of came in. So there were reasons. And and Quantumania is probably the the argument against what I'm saying, where it's like, well, that's a that's two successful movies. Same thing would happen with with um, you know, Guardians. So what's your what's your reasoning there? It's not that good of a movie. Now, again, I didn't mind it. When I went in to see it, I liked the science fiction element. As I mentioned when I saw it right out of the theater, I just knew it. I was like, some people that the end of that movie is 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 a mess, but I just I just like I liked how different it was, but it was weird. It was weird, and a lot of it didn't make sense. And people like Mark Riley hates that fucking movie. Hates it. He hates it. Hates it. And I thought I thought he would like it because he he's usually the one who likes everything. And I'm usually the little grouch, but he hates that movie. Like hates it. Um, but anyway, point is that there that it, it whereas we're guardians, I think people are really connected to it, and word of mouth helps. So. I do think it's more so of a mediocre, th- and and don't forget about the TV shows as well too. But that that adds up. She Hulk didn't didn't deliver to a lot of the fans, and um, and even Doctor Strange too. By the way, people like some people really like that movie, but it wasn't like a it wasn't a great movie. I don't think. I don't know, but. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a superhero fatigue. I happen to agree with with the guys. I think there is, as Chris Carr said, a mediocre mediocrity uh, fatigue, and I think people just want to see good development. But I want to hear from you guys. Do you, where where do you stand on it? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you think that no, it, it's it's superhero? People are tired of it. People don't want to see it anymore. People want to see different movies. And if that's the case, how come Transformers is tracking low? How come Indiana Jones is tracking low? How come uh, you know these other movies that are not superhero movies? are tracking low. I mean, Flash is tracking low as well, too, but I wonder how Superman's going to fare. I really wonder. So curious. Um, Okay, before we move on, I want to tell you guys about both Athletic Greens, AG1, and ExpressVPN. I'll tell you about them right now. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day. I love it. And I gave it a try, honestly, because Brett Sheridan told me to. And I'm glad that he did because it's so good. I love it. It tastes good too. And it's not, I'm not a big vitamin person. I know that. You know that at this point. But to take them all in one shot, put it in a water bottle, shake it up, that's it. I drink AG1 before my coffee. And I take, I take it. It gives me a little boost to energy. And then I'm ready to go. And it makes me feel unstoppable. I am ready for the day. I love it. 
It's really great because I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, it was very hard for me. Everyone's like, you got to take this vitamin, you got to take that, you got to do supplements. You gotta do no, thank you. Give me one, everything. One shot, done. And it tastes good. Might look green, hence AG1. Tastes yummy. I'm always looking for life upgrades, which is why I've come to love and trust AG1. That's why so many of you trust AG1. That's why I get notes all the time. You guys are trying it. Just just did it. Love it. Re-upped. Doing it again. I keep getting it over and over and over, and that's why they've been so associated with this show. It's delivered to you every month. It's been very easy, super easy to make it a daily habit for me. And get those travel packs. I'm going to be going on the road soon, and I'll be taking that with me. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. You have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. That's drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out, baby. Economy stinks right now, guys. It stinks. You got to save money. Let's save money together. Let's spend it over $100 easy. On, on the streaming services, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Prime, whatever it is. But since I started using ExpressVPN, I've saved money every month. How'd you do that? Well, that's what I'm telling you right now. you got to listen. All streaming services, whether they're Netflix, whoever, they actually have thousands of more shows than you think. You don't see them all because they give you different shows depending on your country. So what you see on Netflix here, completely different to what someone sees in Italy, South Korea, whatever. But using that ExpressVPN app, you can change your online location. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time that you run out of stuff to watch, you just switch to another country and you unlock a new show. So there's a lot of different things you can check out that's like, oh, I didn't even know that, that this show existed. Well, now you do. And on top of that, you can even use ExpressVPN to get discounts. Some services cost less in other countries. For example, if you buy Netflix from Argentina, it costs a fraction of the price. At less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN pays for itself and so much more. It's a no-brainer. If you want to get way more shows and save money while you're doing it, go to expressvpn.com slash thing. Don't forget to use that link so you can get three extra months for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash thing. Expressvpn.com slash thing to learn more. Okay, so... As I mentioned at the top of the show, we have the website and we have these things that people can support. And um, it is very, very crucial to the show because I don't, I, when, when I start a big thing, sheesh, almost two years ago now, <clears throat> I had said um, that because we used to do SEN and we did the donations every day and the live, whether it was the super chats and the, the, the robot and all those things. And every day we would do it. And, and I remember listening to it in the car going, I think as a podcast listener, I would get annoyed with that. Um, and I don't want to do that anymore. If I'm going to do it on live streams, that's why when I do it on the Christian Harlow for French channel, I do live streams and I do things that's uh, the, the robot and I do that other stuff because it's it, that's what the show's built for. Um, but this show, I never wanted it to do that. So I don't do super chats. I don't do stream labs, but we rely on the, on people finding a sponsor that they like and that they want and getting it. So when you get, yourself like oh yeah you know what I've, I've been hearing about athletic greens for a bit i want to check it out um and now i know that it helps the show out like it does it helps the show out tremendously and it they, they, then athletic greens goes oh people are listening to uh they, they they like us and they're listening to what this moron is saying and they believe they believe them and we're glad that they do because we're proud of our product and then you guys get into that helps the show and you help yourself out 
Same thing goes for ExpressVPN. You know, if you've been looking for a VPN and you're like, oh, let me check it out and you use our code, it helps. So if you can help us out, it would be appreciated. And we hope that you dig it. And we all the sponsors that we have here, we, we get because we think you guys are going to like it. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the next one. All right, this one is is interesting because I don't. I, I have questions. I have questions. But Madam Web producer Lorenzo Di Bonaventura has shared another update about the Sony Pictures movie, explaining why the title's characters' powers don't necessarily lend themselves to an action blockbuster. Morbius writers somehow talked themselves into beginning another job by Sony Pictures, hence why Madam Web is coming out way next year. Um, this is from Josh Wilding, by the way. The movie is expected to introduce a whole roster of female spider heroes, along with a pregnant Mary Parker who is targeted by Ezekiel Sims. It appears the studio is planning to explain why the Venomverse has no Spider-Man, with set photos confirming the action takes place in the early 2000s. Well, maybe not action. Talking to Collider, uh, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura says it's a different kind of movie in that universe. It's almost, in a way, more of a thriller. It's not an action piece because, in a way, her skill set is not conducted conducive to an action piece, adding that the character's clairvoyance is a tricky skill set. Di Bonaventura went on to say that Sony is looking to keep as many of the movie's secrets under wraps. Recently, the producer also confirmed that Madame Webb will explore who the title character was before he met her in the comics, a similar approach to, you guessed it, Morbius. The movie has potential, but Sony has yet to deliver a great live-action Spider-Verse project. Um, and then Craven, Hunter, Craven the Hunter, Venom 3, and Spider-Woman all come out. I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical about this, to be honest. Um, and and for the reasons that they kind of broke down. Without it's it's just so it's so crucial to a, a when you have a creator that gets the universe overall. Help, put him in charge of it. Put Lord and Miller in charge of this thing. Um, hire him for an overall deal and let them take charge of the live action stuff also and and maneuver it into it. And maybe they they are, but like I've met Lorenzo de Bonaventura. He's a really nice guy. He, I, I met him back in the day probably for a job there. I remember walking in. He went over. I was sitting in the lobby. He went over, introduced himself, and he said, uh, you know, I'm Lorenzo, and I had a conversation with him, too, and he's a really, really nice guy, and he's, he's made tons of big movies. I think he chases IP. I think he chases IP. I don't know how dug into it. I didn't even know he was working with Sony on this thing. I have no idea. He probably chased the IP down, got, a, got was able to, to get it or produce, is producing with Sony. I have no idea how that's all working. I don't know. I don't know how much of like locked in the way like Lord and Miller are. And he doesn't necessarily have to be as an executive over at, 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 at Paramount. Right. Um, but I think that uh, you got to get somebody like Lord and Miller because they're bringing in the Morbius writers again. And you don't always blame the writers, right? A lot of times the, the studio executives will ask you for a certain thing. And as a writer, you do the job. And then if it does shitty, you're the one that's blamed for it. And that could have happened there, or they could just not be good writers. That's also very possible. I think that um, they need a clear-cut vision of where they're going to go because Venom 1 and 2 are very they're successful but cheesy 90 movies. They had successes where like Black Adam didn't inside of setting it at that tone because also I think they cost significantly less than Black Adam, and that's, that's one of the reasons why. But I think that it's... Um, yeah, this this doesn't it just doesn't sound promising because I think that it was one of the reasons that so even well, look we, 
Hayden Christensen and, and Andrew Garfield to me are, have a similar thing with the fans now, right? Like when it comes to now, Hayden Christian was de- Hayden Christensen was definitely more criticized and given a lot of crap by the fans when the prequels came out more so than Andrew Garfield was, but Andrew Garfield's movies weren't like revered and they didn't do like massive numbers that they would have, they would have continued him on as Spider-Man. But when he returned, people were excited that he returned and same way that like when Hayden crossed across the stage on, on whatever celebration that was that people were welcoming him back and so excited that he was coming back to Obi-Wan and crossing their fingers. He's going to show up with Ahsoka, you know? Um, But the reason I bring that up is that that, they didn't even Spider-Man three with Raimi, Amazing Spider-Man one. I, I like that one too. I thought it was a disaster, but they they um they couldn't get a hold of it. They couldn't figure it out. And once they got together with Marvel Studios and they collaborated together, I don't think that it's fair to just say, well, that's all the whole reason it's successful is because of uh, you know because of Marvel. No, it's not. Sony had a lot to do with it as well, but they collaborated. And I think that they need to collaborate with Marvel inside of the Spider-Verse. I really, I, or get Lord Miller, who knows Spider-Man inside and out. Doing these s- standalone things, it, uh, skeptical, and especially after Morbius. Morbius sucks. But again, I don't know what it is. The last couple of, of years, like, you know, the thing is, I when I go to watch movies now, like, it, it's a bad movie. And, and I wouldn't tell anybody to pay for that movie at all. But, like... There are certain movies that when you're watching it, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to get out of the theater. I think there was a recent movie that somebody said that they saw something they just left because they couldn't take it. Um, I, I, it was an hour and 40 minutes. Right? It was so stupid. The ending is ridiculous. And I and I watch – I like Adrian Ardrona, who who's in Andor was in it, and she was the best part about the movie. But, like, I, I still I – had, I had fun watching it, but it was terrible. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I think I like about that about myself now is that I can address when something stinks, but I still like, enjoy watching movies. Does that make sense? As opposed to like when I used to do it, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm going to see a movie tonight. I don't feel that way anymore. I think it's also because I set my own schedule now as opposed to like, oh, all right, we got to go see this. we got to cover it tomorrow on uh, Movie Talk. we got to do this. I don't do that anymore. If I go to choose to see something, I see it and then I cover it. and uh, Not great, but whatever. Who cares? Um, okay. I want to um, move on to another story here. Here we go. Let's talk Two-Face, guys. Batman Part 2, again, Mark Cassidy, comicbookmovie.com. Joel Edgerton and Josh Hartnett are possibly being considered for Harvey Dent. There's a new rumor claiming that both Joel Edgerton and Josh Hartnett might be in the mix to play Harvey Dent in the sequel to Batman. The Batman fans have been wondering who's going to do it. Well, it's like it's so funny. Like, I feel like every scoop now is, is either Snyder or Roca. According to John Roca on the on this week's episode of the Hot Mike, Joel Edgerton and Josh Hartnett are being looked at at that role. Jeff Snyder hadn't heard anything about it and didn't seem too convinced. So it's best not to put too much stock in this report for that time. A character like Two Face would make sense in Reeves' more grounded Batverse, and it would clearly open the door for some great storylines. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where where Roca's hearing this. I have, I have no idea. Um, but both those choices, I'll tell you, I like the Edgerton choice. I'm, I like Josh Hartnett though. I think Hartnett was one of those guys that kind of proved later on in life that, uh, when he started out, it's just like, this is just a good looking guy getting these movies. Who cares about this guy? And he did a couple of things that I thought he was, it's not bad. Edgerton is the better actor. Um, not that Hartnett is bad. Just, I think Edgerton is the better. And I think I could see Edgerton really pulling that role off for sure. Um, Harvey Dent, good looking dude, 
So would fit the Hartnett thing. The question is very similar to the whole Swamp Thing, Bill Skarsgård casting rumor is we're so far away from both those movies. Like Batman 2 is actually pushed back, you know, everything too with the, with the writer strike. And we're just – the idea that they're putting it together now is – it's not unbelievable. It's just interesting. But I, I wonder, and I wonder why Jeff was not buying into it. I didn't see the episode of Hot Mike, so I'm not sure how it, how it all came to be. But um, but it could be could be interesting. I like the Joel Edgerton casting though. If that's the case, I'd, I'd like to see it. I think that would be a great um, that would be great casting. And I think that you gotta have. I mean, there is also something. I mean, they. The idea of what Matt Reeves has done, I love the David Fincher kind of approach to the last Batman because very similar to what Lord Miller said, you got to change, you got to change up what everybody's used to. And Batman has been done so many different times that it's like, what's different about this one? And the fact that you can just equate it right away to, yeah, but it has like a David Fincher feel to it. Oh, okay, I get it. That's that's different right away. And it does. Like when you go back, you watch it. That, that's the creepiest Batman out of out of out of all of them. It's it it's a really done film, really well done film, and it's hilarious because that movie, the, the end of that movie has a really good Batman ending, and it's my least favorite part of the movie. It's not that it wasn't good. It's just that it's like the rest of the movie. And I get it. People keep arguing with me and telling me, no, no, it's 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 very it's very much consistent with the tone for the whole thing. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, it just feels like a Batman ending, which is not a bad thing it well, what do you want it to feel like a batman ending for sure but it's just because the whole time i'm following this detective story which was so involved in this and and more of the best detective version of batman that we had seen so far that at the end you get this kind of traditional whatever in the train station batman ending and i have to see it again i want to watch it again to to see if i feel differently um but either way the the tone the tone is is a very well set by is very well set by Matt Reeves. So I'd like to see what kind of version of Two-Face we get because the version in Dark Knight's pretty pretty dark and pretty uh pretty pretty creepy, right? And and I thought that Aaron Eckhart does an amazing job. So what are you going to do to top that? And are you going to do Origin again or is he just is? And it's going to be pretty I'm, I'm sure it's even 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 more creepy than in Aaron Eckhart if if you look at like what the Riddler was because the Riddler was straight up horror movie. You know? Silence of the Lambs type stuff, and what you saw as the for the Joker also. So I'm getting more excited about that film as we get closer, and I'm also more excited about the Penguin. But you know what I'm really excited about? Boom Studios. That's right, they're back. Love Boom Studios. And you know what else is back? Fence Redemption picks up where Rise left off, continuing the story set in the high stakes world of competitive fencing. It's also a great entry point for new readers to jump in. Fence Redemption number one is available in stores now. And to celebrate Pride Month, a special limited edition cover for the issue is also now available on the Boom Studios web store with 100% of the proceeds going to the Trevor Project, supporting continued rights and care for the LGBTQ community. I love the artwork in this one. I love the panels that they... like. It's This is one that I think is obviously a very important story but I think that what they do is I just like this style of animation. And it's also what I love about Boom. Boom does this thing where I was I was just talking to someone yesterday about Boom. And they were asking me because they'd heard about Boom on my show. 
And they said, well, what is it about Boone that makes them like so special? And I was like, they just do everything, but not because they want to do everything, because they find the right stories that they want to tell. And whether it's important subject matters that should be told, it's not – I feel like a lot of companies do this, whether it's casting or whatever. Sometimes people do, well, we're supposed to do this story so or this topic, so we should. So let's do something, whatever it is. Boom doesn't do that. Boom finds those stories. Boom finds those topics, and they find good stories, and they find good artists, and they find good collaborators to make them work. And Fence, Fence is one of those stories. They really put a lot of emotion into it. They put a lot. There's a, there's a lot there, and you guys should go and check it out because, like I said, it is available in stores now. Also, out this week from Boom Studios is issue six of the post-apocalyptic saga Once Upon a Time at the End of the World by the New York Times bestselling and Eisner Award-winning writer Jason Aaron. This epic story is broken up to three major arcs, each featuring a different artist. This issue kicks off book two of the journey with artwork from Leela and Duca of Wonder Girl Homecoming. Once Upon a Time is one of the most ambitious original comic series to come around in a long time, and now it is the perfect opportunity to jump in and catch up. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number six, is available now at your local comic book shop. Um, Yeah, like I said beforehand, this is what I'm talking about. You have two very different genres, very different stories, and Boom just knows how to do it. They, Everybody wants to work with them. That's the thing. That all these artists want to work with them now. Like major actors want to work with them now. Netflix wants to work with them, and there's a reason why you get stories like this. So both of these, both of these t- today, and what I've also been seeing, very similar to what I was talking about before, with whether it was Athletic Greens or ExpressVPN, I've been seeing a lot of people who weren't aware of Boom that became aware of them through this show, and I, I love that. And they've been reading, you've been reading their the comics because of this show. Please let me know when that happens. Please let Coy know. Please let Winston know. Um, please let Boom know that you that you found them from us. Um, yeah, I'd love to do more stuff with them. Want to do more stuff with them. They're going to be around for a very long time. And you've got two great books that you can go get this weekend. So go and check it out. Boom Studios. Um, all right, I think that's it for today. This is a shorter episode. So people are asking again why Winston and Coy and, and Roxy and Brett uh, Steph and Mike were on this week. I like I said, I have something that I wanted to announce really soon. You'll understand. Um, they're not going anywhere. No changes in the show. They'll be back. They'll be back next week. I mean, you never know with Mike. He probably could be working, but but everybody's still on the show. We're still doing stuff. Um, it's going to be business as usual. We're building up, building out the show as as we have been. But um, there's just some cool stuff going on that I will uh, I'll get into sooner than later. But I wanted to thank all of you guys once again. If you can. Head on over to the website, join that site today, and you can get stuff like Shoes and Beef on July 1st and the Capes and Cows comic book by Wicked Art. Uh, that's coming out both July 1st. Don't forget, live show, June 23rd. Come on, man. Get there. If you're on the East Coast. What are you waiting for? And last but certainly not least, help us get to 100000 Guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. I appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time with you. Um, comment, let me know exactly what you're thinking about any of these topics that we talked about today. And that's it. All right, everybody, we'll see you on the flip side. Capes and cows, peace, baby.
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.